one of the roles I took as, as I made partner was to lead our diversity efforts for our audit practice in the Pacific Southwest. And then subsequent to that, we merged some of our regions and I became our diversity leader for the West region. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Where Accountants Go, the Accounting Careers Podcast. I'm Mark Goldman, a CPA and your host for the show. Well, this is going to be a great episode to start the new year with. We were very fortunate to be able to get a career partner with Deloitte in the California area to join us for today's show. Jose Campos, a partner in the Los Angeles area, joined us for the program. We're going to talk about a whole lot more than you may think, though. Jose does a great job walking us through the different steps in his career, including how each level differs from the others as you progress in a national firm. But also, we get into a few other discussions later on in the show as well. Jose has been a major influencer in the diversity and inclusion realm at Deloitte, an area he showed interest in even very early on in his college years. Plus, we also discuss his two terms on the California State Board of Accountancy, which is definitely a role with an incredible level of responsibility. Very serious matters for the profession are decided by the various state boards. It's a high level of service for an accounting professional. It's very important stuff. And I really appreciated that we were able to get somebody of Jose's caliber on the program for today. If you do learn something from this episode, please let us know. Either drop us an email or share it out on social media. We always love when we get either one. I have noticed that we've gotten a lot of new ratings here in the last couple months. So thank you very, very much for doing that. I really do appreciate it. And as always, if there's anything I can do for you in your own accounting career or with any accounting association that you're involved in, please don't hesitate to reach out as well. I'm very findable on LinkedIn. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get started. Started with today's guest for their program. Here's Jose Campos. Well, hello, Jose. Welcome to the show. Well, Mark, thank you very much for having me. No problem. No problem. This is going to be fun. Well, for the audience, it's been a while since we interviewed a career big four professional that started at the staff level, moved up to partner over time, and basically has built their career specifically at one firm. Today, we have Jose Campos from Deloitte in the Los Angeles area, and his career has been exactly that. He started at Deloitte, and almost 30 years later, he's still with Deloitte. However, you don't stay with the same firm for that long without you yourself changing as well as the firm changing a little bit around you. So this is going to be a really good story. Plus, Jose has served as the president of the California State Board of Accountancy and has also served as the leader for the diversity initiative at Deloitte for several years. So there really is a lot to talk about in this interview. Jose, I really do want to get around to how you spend your time currently, of course, but it's important that the audience understands how you progressed as well over the years. So let's start at the beginning. What led you to consider accounting as a possible career choice in the first place? Yeah, not sure that accounting was sort of front of mind for me as I started thinking of what would happen after school. But maybe if I go way back and give you some context, So I'm the oldest son of Mexican immigrant parents, and my parents settled here in L.A., in the L.A. area, and where I really lived the majority of my life. And I did not get a lot of exposure to what business or 
the corporate world might look like in the future for me. Rather, my parents were hardworking, working-class individuals. I ended up assisting my father with his gardening business or assisting my parents with their office cleaning businesses that they had that occurred at sometimes at odd hours. And so the value of hard work certainly was ever present as I grew up. As I navigated high school, I still didn't necessarily have a clear idea of what might come later, but I enjoyed school. I did well in school. And I had the great fortune of having one of my high school teachers that I really appreciated very much urged me to think about Claremont McKenna College, where I ended up ultimately going to college. But I hadn't even thought about Claremont, which was, in essence, right in my backyard. I took her advice. I went, looked at Claremont, and fell in love with the school. Culturally, it was a different place that I really had to acclimate to over time. But some of the things that Claremont emphasizes around thinking and research and writing really resonated with me. I ultimately ended up majoring in economics, accounting, but I added a double major. I also had a Chicano studies major, which really allowed me to take advantage of the various other sister schools to Claremont McKenna, where really I took the majority of that Chicano studies major. So as I navigated through and I was working my way through college, there was a tension between was I going to pursue a business accounting type of path or was it going to be more on the research and academic path, which is what most of my Chicano studies major was embedded in. And ultimately, obviously, the business accounting process won out, much to the dismay of some of my Chicano studies professors that I spent a lot of time with uh, at the Claremont College's But ultimately, what got me focused on accounting was that I had secured an internship through an organization called Inroads, and a phenomenal organization that really works with underrepresented minority students. And through Inroads, I ended up interning at Kaiser Permanente in the LA area and had a three-year internship with Kaiser, and I was able to see many different parts of Kaiser. And As I approached graduation, I was all set to accept a full-time job offer from Kaiser, and it was the lead executive sponsor for my internship at Kaiser, or the chief financial officer equivalent for the division, called me into his office toward the end of my final internship and said, I know you really are looking to accept the offer we've granted you, but he proceeded to urge me to think about public accounting as a path for me. And primarily because of the kinds of opportunities that it had afforded him. And he had spent two years in public accounting. And as a senior executive approaching retirement, he reflected on how that propelled his career, what it meant to him. And I think were it not for that advice, I am not so sure how much I would have further explored the public accounting options and opportunities for me. And so uh, a long-winded uh a story there for you, but all of those building blocks really, I think, uh, joined together to, to get me introduced into a field that, frankly, was unknown to me as I had navigated my academic career. That is very interesting. I would have assumed you had an internship in public accounting, probably at Deloitte. <laughs> 
and then just mm-hmm. had continued there. That is very intriguing. That was quite a decision to make. You made a couple hard decisions at that time in your life, both the pursuit of accounting as opposed to the academic side, and then also a lot of people would look at taking the job at Kaiser as being the easy way out. You know, it's already there. So that is very intriguing. How did you end up getting on at Deloitte then? Did you have to go pursue that on your own or was it too late for an internship opportunity? How did you get on at Deloitte? Yeah. And so upon receiving that advice, I certainly reflected on, okay, how do I go about this? And luckily, all of the public accounting firms spend time at the majority of colleges, college campuses. And while, yes, it was too late to necessarily get an internship at Deloitte, as we were already past the summer after my junior year, it was prime time for the fall recruiting season. And in public accounting, all recruiting really happens one year in advance. And if you think about the fact that the majority of our professionals start, as you said, as an intern at that public accounting firm, obviously then that starts maybe two years prior to graduation. And so you really need to be focused on networking with the right organizations. At my college at that point, I took advantage of the meet the firms opportunities and the other networking opportunities that the various public accounting firms had. At the time, we were more than the four large accounting firms that we are today. And so there were more firms to interact with, more firms to interview with. And I undertook that process and was fortunate enough to have multiple offers from different firms. At the end of the day, as I had explored Deloitte and gotten to know a number of the people, that the culture, the interactions with the professionals I was spending time with, seemed to resonate the most with me. And ultimately, that's how I was able to land a full-time offer to really start my public accounting career with Deloitte. Okay. Well, what was the economy like when you were getting out of college? Because you interned at Kaiser for three years, which is a long time, and then multiple offers. Was it a pretty strong economy? or I don't know how to ask this. It just sounds like you had a lot of opportunities, which is wonderful. Yeah. I graduated in 1991, and so... There were some difficulties there in the economy, and particularly within the public accounting firms. The public accounting firms were in a merger process, and a lot of that in the late 80s and and around 1990, when some of the larger mergers were taking place, what that meant when I started my career is that there were some very tough decisions on right-sizing and two different firms coming together with maybe different approaches and different styles. And so there were some tensions that were evident to me as a very young first-year staff starting my career. And so it was important to try to keep in perspective maybe some of the moods and swings that you were noticing in some of the seniors and managers that I was interacting with and to have some dialogue about how people were feeling or navigating the process. But there was some tough times there and navigated some difficult economic times, but obviously then proceeded into a period of expansion and growth. Okay. Now that I'm thinking about it, because I got out of school around the same time, hadn't Deloitte just recently merged with Touche Ross? 
around that yes. time? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. That was the merger that my firm was navigating. So I was maybe the second class of post-merger individuals joining the firm. And so anytime you have large organizations coming together, and we see it today, I see it with my own clients as they merge with other companies or bring on large people, you know, businesses there is a period of working through that and figuring out what the strategy and, and, and ultimate path forward is going to be for the combined organization. Okay. Well, I want to make sure we don't speed through almost 30 years. <laughs> so, if you could talk to us a little bit about your progression through each role, staff, senior, etc. And then also, I don't know how this was handled at the time. Were there any specialties or focuses that you had? Did they have you working with specific industry? You know, basically talk to us about your progression, if you don't mind, prior to partnerships. Sure thing. And maybe I'll start with where I'm at today. And then let me come back and talk through my progression. I'm a partner in the audit practice, and I focus 100% on the life sciences and healthcare industry. And that is even within it a very diverse population of clients from health insurers, hospital chains, long-term care providers, and you know, medical groups. And more currently, the, the innovation and technologies really have you focus on what we call health tech or med tech businesses that combine a whole variety of industry and technological capabilities. And so that's what I do today. Obviously, I have started my exposure to the corporate world at Kaiser Permanente, a combo, a health insurer and health provider, really a pretty sophisticated hybrid organization. And so there was some of that that was anchored back at in that time frame. So when I started my career at Deloitte, you come in as a first-year staff. You spent two years at the staff level. And as I reflect back on that period, I mean, it was a you're a sponge. You're really sharpening that questioning mind. That's what we do. We ask a lot of questions and display a lot of skepticism and try to get information and truly hone the skills of trying to discern good from bad facts and information, navigating difficult conversations. And so I truly enjoyed that period. I had a lot of great seniors and managers that I was able to learn from. And in those first couple of years, it was true then and it's true today, we ask our, our professionals to accept any kind of client on their portfolio, to just work on as many different opportunities as they can, be exposed to different kinds of systems, different kinds of processes, large, small, public, private, different industries, because all of them will have a different flavor. There are building blocks for you in your career. And so I spent a couple years as a staff. After those two years, I was promoted to senior and you generally spend three years at the senior level. And this is the phase of your career where you're the key project manager at client sites. You are the one supervising staff and all the other specialists, IT, actuarial, different fields where we augment our team with specialized expertise. But then I think importantly, the skill you're really learning is how do you manage up? How do you ensure that your managers and senior managers and partners and directors 
are well informed and are engaged in those activities that are going to lead to a successful audit project. So these were high learning years for me. They were also very high stress years. I mean, there's a lot that we put on our senior shoulders then and that we put on our senior shoulders today. I was the go-to person for my clients when something was not going as they saw thought it needed to go, you were the person that they came to. And so did our Deloitte management team. I continued through my senior year to enjoy a pretty diverse client portfolio. I had some healthcare in there, but I also had others, invested management companies, banks, restaurants, other consumer business type of clients. And I enjoyed that every year, even though you spent three years as a senior Going from the first year of senior into your second year is a promotion in and of itself. And same thing as you go into your third year, because the kinds of responsibilities, the complexity of the clients that you get asked to serve are increasing every step of the way. And so very high learning years, enjoyed that very much. After about five years, you are promoted to manager. And so for my case, as I was being promoted to manager, I was also presented with an opportunity to relocate to another office in California. And it was our Sacramento office that had a need for a very large health insurer company, publicly traded company that was based in Sacramento that needed a manager on the team. And I had built some level of expertise in that space. And so I was asked to consider this. And I was married at the time. We had just had our first child. And it was a a very tough decision to think about going to a city that I really had never really thought about moving to. And so ultimately, I did accept that opportunity to do that. And in my manager years, not only did I navigate the relocation, starting a family, but we bought our first home as we moved up there. I was working with a different group of partners and team members, and it was very enjoyable, but there was obviously some underlying stress and the idea of just all the firsts, if you will, that you were embarking on. I ended up serving a very large, sophisticated client that uh, had a lot of demands and needs, and they were going through some merger transactions, and it was a very, very busy time, and I learned a ton in that period. As we navigated, the Sacramento market is different than the Los Angeles market. And so I ended up spending a lot of time actually commuting down to the Bay Area. We were in the midst of a lot of IPOs and different activities in in the Bay Area where there was also a need for help. And so I got exposed to yet some more opportunities that I had not worked on prior to that period of time. And so I think that's just indicative of how public accounting works. I mean, you never know when the exposure to new experiences is going to come at you. And if you take advantage of those opportunities as they present themselves, you really start building a set of capabilities and uh, experiences that can propel you into other client opportunities as you go forward. As I completed my three years as a manager in Sacramento, I then got asked to relocate again. The client I had moved up there to serve had actually merged now with another client of ours down in Los Angeles. And so there was another decision point on not only being promoted to senior manager, but then accepting a relocation back to the Los Angeles area, which I ultimately took, came back to my hometown. My wife's family and my family were very happy to have us back in the LA area. 
But it was a very tough decision coming back. We had gotten very comfortable in Sacramento. We had been able to afford our first home. We had done a number of things up there that were tough to say, okay, we're going to take this next opportunity and move back down. But we did, and it was absolutely the right decision. I spent a number of years at the senior manager level. And once you make senior manager, you really have an eye for the next level as either a partner or a managing director at the firm. And I was fortunate enough to make partner and ended up doing that and was a very happy time and continued my focus on the healthcare industry. But as a partner, I also got asked to serve a different industry. There was an opportunity to serve a very large aerospace and defense company that was based in Los Angeles at the time outside of the industry, right, that I'd been working on and ended up taking the opportunity to do that. It was supposed to be a shorter stint. It ended up being a longer stint on there for a variety of reasons for that client. And But again, just got exposed to a different network within the firm, a different industry, a different management team and board at this company, which all just were accretive to the experiences I was getting. And so let me just stop there. Mark, hopefully that gives a broad synopsis of 30 years that the firm had been like. Oh, thank you. No, that was perfect. And I appreciate the insight you gave us into each level. Something that occurs to me, it's a fact of our professional lives or fact of professional life in accounting that opportunities come your way, whether it's to go to a client, whether it's someone that moved on calling you and and trying to recruit you, so to speak, whether it's external recruiting forces. What kept you on the path all these years? Because I know that was a decision on your part. What kept you with Deloitte? for 30 years and not taking a CFO role or a controller role or a manager role earlier on in your career. I'm just curious. Yeah, I would say so in terms of what kept me at Deloitte, and I talk to, I do a lot of recruiting and spend a lot of time with students, and it comes down to culture. I mean, just the environment we operate in at Deloitte, the intangibles that are present at Deloitte. If you like that, it makes it the right answer is to continue to build from from that position of strength, from culture that you're experiencing. The people that are around you, I mean, it's a very collaborative organization and you learn from people, right? That's what we do. And so if you're surrounded by people that you can collaborate with and learn from, mentor or be mentored, then it's a win-win in terms of the comfort level that you have there. But at the base of it all is the constant learning. There is no single year that looks the same as the prior year. There is always new technologies, new technical matters. There are ways that clients go about doing things and the just the excitement of adding to your capabilities and experiences all around that learning is just incredibly important. There's the traditional learning, right? the CPE, those kinds of things that you have to do. I'm talking more broadly, the kinds of experiences and items that happened project to project, people to people that we have, in addition to what we get in the traditional learning sense of the word. And maybe the last thing that I'd say is from a diversity standpoint, when I joined the firm, there were not many Latino partners or black partners that I would look at and see, right? I could not yet see myself in those roles. And the more I progressed through the firm, 
the more I probably developed the fire in the belly that said, you know what, we need to change that. There needs to be more people like me who are in those leadership roles so that other people coming behind you can see themselves in those particular roles. We and, and even looking ahead to manager, senior manager, and partner, just the ability to see others navigating that. And uh, we tend to lose our Latino and Black professionals early in their career, more than the average, if you will, particularly at the senior level. And so for me, it was how do we influence the ability to get more managers, senior managers, partners, and managing directors? And that created, I think, a responsibility within me that wanted to pursue that partner path and then be a resource for others. And so I think you combine all of that, Mark, and that was certainly influential in my decisions that I made along the way. But at the same time, I've spoken about some of the opportunities within the firm that I took advantage of. There were also opportunities that presented themselves outside of the firm. And you have to be true to yourself and consider those things as they come along. And I did and made educated decisions about what path I wanted to pursue and consulted with others as needed to get advice as I navigated those decision points. Okay. Thank you. Actually, that's a good transition. I did want to ask you a little bit about diversity. I'm curious, sort of a two-part question, I guess. What initiatives does Deloitte currently have going on in terms of trying to attract underrepresented individuals into the profession or just increasing the diversity there? But then also, I didn't know about your college years, so this is very intriguing. What do you feel that maybe we're doing better as a profession in the diversity area than we used to? And where do you feel like we still need to make some improvements? Let's start maybe with what are we currently doing? What are some initiatives, right? And one of the roles I took as I made partner was to lead our diversity efforts for our audit practice in the Pacific Southwest. And then subsequent to that, we merged some of our regions and I became our diversity leader for the West region. And I had a front row seat at many of the things that we as a firm were doing to improve the inclusivity of our people. And it wasn't a new thing for Deloitte, because if I reflect on when I started with the firm shortly thereafter, one of the first things that was a major event for us was what we referred to as our women's initiative. And just like I was maybe not seeing people of color in the partnership ranks, we also were not seeing women in the partnership ranks at that time. And we embarked on a women's initiative that remains to this day. And so it wasn't a one and done effort. It was something that became integrated with our culture and continued. And shortly, you know, certainly as a young professional, I said, well, that's nice. What are we doing about people of color. And shortly thereafter, there was similar diversity initiatives that took hold and they've developed over time, Mark. They come integrated with the inclusion culture that we have at Deloitte. And so how does that manifest itself? On the recruitment front, there's certainly partnership with other organizations, right? And so I mentioned that I had interned at Inroads. Well, we had partnered with Inroads at Deloitte and other similar organizations like Haku, historically black colleges, and trying to find minority talent that we could recruit to the firm. But then similarly, at all of the traditional colleges that we recruit at, they all have similar efforts. And so how do we spend time focusing 
on those organizations within those college campuses that focus on the diverse population at those campuses. And so it takes concerted effort. There was also a focus on community colleges as feeders to different schools where we ultimately spend time recruiting at. How do we get the message out about the possibilities of public accounting, not just the possibilities, but also the logistics because things come at you quickly. If you've transferred after a couple of years to a university, not only are you settling into that university, but before you know it, the internship recruitment process has already begun and maybe you're not tapped into how all those aspects work at the college you may have transferred to. And so how do you get information out earlier in people's academic careers to make that happen? And so a lot of effort on recruitment, but Mark, importantly, our initiatives focused a lot on retention. Once somebody is navigating the world of Deloitte, how do we make it easier for people to navigate the process? And everything from taking advantage of mentors early on, the client assignments you might have as you are growing up with the firm, but the consideration of possibilities and opportunities that might be in front of you. And so we put some efforts around how we assign advisors and mentors to our people, how leadership development programs that sort of jump-started people's careers early on, got them thinking about goal setting and key decision points that they might have as they navigate their career. And so it was a certainly a multi-pronged approach of recruitment, retention, but then also leadership development that can help us train and develop the next partners within the firm. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. We're starting to run short on time. I've got three questions I end every show with, but there was one more thing I wanted to ask you about. When we initially spoke, when we were scheduling this, yeah, I I knew that you had served as president for the California Board of Accountancy. I confess in my mind, I was picturing the CPA Society because that's where my own involvement has been. And (laughs) And then I realized later, oh, no, 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 we're talking about the state board here. So I guess if you could summarize what's involved with being the president of the state board there in California from a commitment standpoint, and then also I'm curious why you decided to serve in that way with everything else that you have going on in leadership there at the firm and then, of course, in your personal life and that kind of thing. Talk to us a little bit about that role, if you don't mind. (laughs) Yeah, no, Board of Accountancy was another great experience for me. So I served two terms. I just actually concluded my second term on the California Board of Accountancy. These are positions that are appointed by the governor of the state. And so there is a process to that in terms of being appointed. And California is a little unique in terms of its board, where a majority of the board members are not CPAs, and a minority of the board members are CPAs for a variety of reasons. So that created some wonderful experiences. But in general, it is easily confused where the society of CPAs is confused with the Board of Accountancy in given states. So you're not the first, Mark, to make that interchange there. But the primary focus of the board, there's a licensing component and the regulatory structure for how people get licensed. And you as a board member are working through issues that might require regulatory or changes to keep up with the times, if you will. There's a whole process around enforcement. So once you're a licensee and if 
you do bad things, well, then bad things can happen through a disciplinary process. And so very difficult process of evaluating those individuals who might have their licenses put on probation, suspended or taken away, depending on the circumstances. And that was a time-consuming aspect of what we did. There's continuing education processes for the renewal process that all of us as licensees have. There's a legislative aspect to what we do in terms of as legislatures in your state adopt different laws, there might be unintended or intended consequences that impact the accounting profession. And so we had to consider how do we deal with those things, whether education or outreach to the legislators or regulatory changes that we might have to adopt. And so there was a number of different facets to what we did as a board. I never thought I would serve in the capacity of a board member in this respect, but there were certainly the larger firms across the country saw really the benefits of working with boards of accountancies in the different states. There's a network of partners that served on boards of different states that I would spend time with quarterly, just comparing notes on the experiences in different places. And in every state, the board composition, the board focus is different. And so it's not always apples to apples. But again, it was yet another network of partners that I could interact with and and share stories about the experiences we had. And Obviously, it was a great way to give back to the profession that's been so good to me and spend time with other people who are doing the same thing by serving on that board. And maybe if I just take it a step back, obviously, then when you're on the board, there are opportunities to serve as the leadership of the board. And so, yes, I served one term as president and also served as a vice president and chaired various committees, including a committee on mobility, and mobility relates to the CPAs being able to practice across state lines. And in California, we adopted that law in a pretty unique way that required us to have a committee to create some rules and process around that. And so I happened to chair that particular committee, which was great experiences that I enjoyed. But the step back I was talking about is that was certainly one, I'll call it an extracurricular activity because it was very different than me serving audit clients and all those things, right? So as a college student, you're involved in all sorts of extracurriculars that enrich the experience that you get, that make your academic experience that much better. And so certainly serving on the Board of Accounts was one of those. There are many other kinds of activities that I have undertaken in my career. I actually served on the board of a federally qualified health center here in L.A., and it augmented my industry experience in the life sciences and healthcare side, served on that board for 12 years early in my career. And that was unique. It was not something people at my level necessarily did, but it added to the experiences I already had as I was navigating my career at Deloitte. And the firm was very supportive of both of these board roles that I ended up having. Obviously, communication is key, especially as you're younger in your career. You want to make sure you have the buy-in of the management group that you're working with. And so communicating, getting approvals, getting the buy-in is always important. But I found those experiences to be very enriching. Wonderful. Well, thank you. I just had to ask. (laughs) I realized that later on. And yeah, we need to delve into that deeper. Well, I do end every show with the same three questions, and we probably better get to those. The first one's usually the easier one. From a career perspective, what's been your proudest moment? 
could I cheat and maybe answer it in two ways here? Sure. From a personal standpoint, I would say my proudest moments have certainly been seeing my oldest son graduate from film school and my youngest son being on the verge of graduation from undergraduate school. And so that's certainly my life's work and love that. From a professional standpoint, I was honored by the not-for-profit organization whose board I served on for over 12 years. They honored me at one of their galas. And it was nice to be honored, but the reason it was a proud moment for me is that it reflected on my contributions to help a a community organization thrive. And, you know, I did that by just contributing time and intellectual capital. And so it was nice to see that. But I also was able to have one of my mentors from the firm and my family and some of my colleagues around me at that celebratory event. And frankly, it forced me to just take a breath and reflect back on some fun times that I had doing an extracurricular activity that meant a lot to me. Mm. Beautiful. I don't mind two answers. I have to tell you, I used to just say the proudest moment, but the problem is everybody told me about either the day they got married or the day their child was born. So I had to change that yeah. over time. <laughs> I hear you. Second request or question, so to speak, tell us about a lesson that you learned the hard way. And the more you can tell us about the situation, the better, because that's how the audience learns from this. Always stay calm and keep your cool. And I generally have been pretty good at this. I'm a pretty calm individual, but I have lost it over time. And I had a situation where I was dealing with a pretty difficult client and I happened to be on a phone while everybody else was live in the meeting and everything was not going according to plan in that discussion. And I was stressed by the next thing I had to move on to or somebody else was trying to call me. There were multiple balls in the air from different projects that I was working on. And frankly, the 10 seconds that it takes you to lose it and say something that you regret or say it in a way that doesn't come across as professional, it costs you a ton of time and energy to repair the situation and apologize to those that were affected. And so, you know, we always have a million things going on and the next thing you have to move on to, but every interaction is an important one and you just need to give it the time and patience that each of those deserves, regardless of the difficult personalities you might be dealing with in, in each instance. That's an important lesson for any point in our career. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We're all busy and we get in a hurry. Yes. Well, last question, and then we'll go ahead and close it down. What's the best piece of advice that you have ever received? Just try it. I've been fortunate to serve on, on different boards, have different opportunities in public accounting, frankly got into public accounting because somebody suggested I should try something and relocating serving clients in different industries. In general, the payback and reward is just always going to be much greater than the initial stress or cost that that different opportunity, you might perceive it costing you, right? And so just try it. Well, that's great advice to end this on. Gosh, there were just a lot of items I didn't anticipate coming into this. So thank you for being so you know, open about your career and sharing so much detail with us. You spent a lot of time with us today, but I can see throughout your career, really, you've been very, very generous with your time really throughout. So thank you very much. I appreciate this, Jose. You're most welcome. This was very enjoyable.
Well, that was my interview with Jose Campos from Deloitte. And one of the things I forgot to mention, actually, is that he was suggested by a student, someone that had heard him speak at a student event. And when I reached out to him, that was the reason he decided to say yes to the invite and go ahead and come on the program. He figured that if a student had suggested him, then it's something that maybe he should say yes to. So thank you to all the audience members that sent me guest suggestions. I really do appreciate it. As you can tell, it really does make a difference. Jose shared a lot of information with us today. I learned a lot about progression within a national firm. And then I really appreciated him also discussing the other aspects of his career as well. It really was a very fruitful interview. Well, if there's anything I can do for you, as I always mention, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'm very findable on LinkedIn. Just search for Mark Goldman CPA and I'll pop right up. If there's anything I can do for you in your own career, or if there's anything I can do for you with any accounting association that you're involved in, I'm always happy to help. Well, with that, we'll go ahead and wrap it up for this week. This has been Where Accountants Go, the Accounting Careers Podcast, and we'll see you all next week. There's more to come. 